want to welcome everyone today to the Dairy Science Podcast number five. And today we're meeting with a researcher down in Georgia, and she has investigated the conception rate for beef service sires. And specifically looking at when we're breeding them to uh, dairy cows and heifers. And I think this is a, a topic that's very relevant to a lot of us as we've been exploring this to not only improve our genetic base, but also for those of you that are, are uh, maybe seasonal and looking to uh, catch those last cows in the window. And so I guess without further ado, could, could you introduce yourself for us, Taylor? Yes. Hello, Reagan. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Taylor McCorder. I'm a graduate student at the University of Georgia in Athens, Georgia, studying animal breeding and genetics. So I received my bachelor's from UGA in animal and dairy science in 2018, and then just continued directly onto my PhD working with Dr. Daniela Lorenzo and um, really just a great group of people here. And in the summer of 2019, I had an internship opportunity. Now I interned at the Council on Dairy Cattle Breeding or CDCB in Bowie, Maryland. And then while also at the CDCB, I was given the opportunity to work with the USDA Animal Genomics and Improvement Lab, or Agile, in Beltsville, Maryland, and was really just grateful for that opportunity to expand my knowledge from my regular academia setting to industry. Wonderful. Well, I was, I was reading your article about uh, conception rate for beef service and what really came to mind was the number of dairy cows that have been bred to beef. Could you expand on how much more are we using straws of semen here recently? What I've seen is um, we measure the past four years of records. So in the past four years, we've seen almost 300,000 insemination records between beef on dairy. And then if we look at the prior four years, that's going to be 2012 to 2015, we only saw about a little over 100,000. So we're looking at just in the raw data that I have to work with, um, over doubling in that time frame. And I think we're seeing them through the, through the stockyards and we're seeing it through genetic progress in our cow herd as we see pounds of milk per cow increasing over time throughout the nation. This is just one way to accelerate that genetic progress and in your specifically Holstein herd, I guess is primarily what you worked on. So could you describe your project or what, what the data set was that you looked, how you were investigating the conception rate of these beef sires? Absolutely. I conducted this project while on my internship with the Council on Dairy Cattle Breeding. So there I had access to the cow and heifer insemination records that were contained in their national cooperators database. And I also was able to receive about 5,000 beef bull IDs from the National Association of Animal Breeders, or NAAB, in Madison, Wisconsin. The NAAB supplied these 5,000 beef bull IDs that had bull IDs, birth dates, breed, controller, stud code. And I was able to cross-reference the beef bull IDs with the National Cooperators Database of the heifer and cow inseminations and see where they were cross-referenced. Very good. And so I guess if I were to be very direct, so if I am a dairyman and I enroll in DHIA and the milk tester comes every month and he gathers all my breeding data, is that go into this database anonymously? I do see all the data 
from that cow and that insemination record. And it is very, very important for those service sire IDs to be recorded properly so we can get all those evaluated. Absolutely. Golly, entering that data on a, on a monthly basis right before the test, test day comes is, is always a bit of a chore. Uh, great. Um, well, very good. So in the end goal, the end goal of your research project, if I'm understanding correctly, was to find a indicator that we can then use on the pedigree of the sire to make sure that what beef sire we're using is the best sire for the, the improvement of the conception. Is that correct in the ultimate goal of the research project? We're really focusing on trying to get that dairy cow and that dairy heifer pregnant. Got it. And that really is going to be the ultimate goal of every dairyman out there doing this practice. I was reading in, in the introduction of your paper, I was unaware that there is a, a dairy beef index to rank these beef bulls when they're mated specifically to dairy cows. Could you talk a little bit about what's in that index or, or how should dairymen select the, the beef sires that they should use for this opportunity? That is an excellent question. Um, I'll first start by elaborating a little bit on that dairy beef index. The dairy beef index or DBI is actually something that has been created by ICBF uh, the Irish Cattle Breeding Federation, and it's basically meant for um, the Irish dairy and beef farmers, and their goal is to promote the high-quality beef cattle bred from the dairy herd, and then to produce more saleable calves and profitable at slaughter, yet also considering minimizing things such as calving difficulty or gestation length. So it's another index that is able to summarize some very, very important traits that producers consider when trying to find a bull to mate to. Now, um, the other one that is being developed by Angus Genetics Incorporated is the Angus on Dairy Dollar Value Index that's going to be released soon if it hasn't already. And to my knowledge, both of these are evaluating very, very important traits, as I mentioned, such as calving difficulty. However, to my knowledge, they don't actually touch on fertility of the bulls which is why I thought this would be a great opportunity to aid and maybe um, do an addition to those indexes. Absolutely. And the, the Angus on Dairy Dollar Index is, sounds very interesting since your data showed that over 90% of all the dairy on beef inseminations to date is, or in your data set, is, right. is Angus. And so uh, that's going to be really great information to study that index to make sure that we can be generating a calf that is profitable, maybe not in your dairy enterprise, but to then sell or to background or to feed out, however you want to, to manage that little critter, let's make it profitable as possible. Sure. Okay. So this is a standard conventional semen that you were looking at that was being used on dairy breedings. And you've got this big data set. Could you tell us what you found about conception rate when using primarily Angus semen? Is that correct? Yes. Um, yes, I would be happy to. So um, two things I wanted to point out is um, when we see conception rate or CR, and it's reported as a percentage between zero and 100%. This is that measure of fertility for females, the cows and heifers. 
And then on the other hand, we have this sire conception rate, SCR tool we've developed, and it's a measure of fertility of the bulls. It's going to be expressed as um, an EBV and the estimated breeding value. So we expect to see that average of zero. And specifically for the beef bulls, when we evaluated them on the SCR, we found their range to be between negative five to 4.4%. And it is still reported as a percentage because of the way we calculate it. I see, wow, okay. So, so after analyzing all of the, the sire conception rates, you've got this pool of data. Do you plan to share that with the Council of Dairy Cattle Breeding? Yes. Great, and so hopefully that'll propel this effort forward to identify the most ideal beef sire to use on your herd on a rotating basis annually, and, uh, and further the advancement of the genetic gain of your purebred operation, but then also be sure that those cows that you're breeding to beef will also get bred. Okay, so if I am a dairyman using beef sires in my dairy herd, I was wondering how do I utilize SCR or sire conception rate to help select which bull I want to use? Well, when we're looking at estimated breeding values, the EBVs are values that are used to compare each bull to each other. So let's say we have a bull with a sire conception rate of 3%. And we have bull B, the second bull, with a sire conception rate of 0%. That means that on average, we expect bull A to have conception that is 3% better than bull B at 0%. Oh, okay. Very good. And do you think, um, will my semen dealer have that listed on his pedigree? That is also a great question. Um, that is our end goal, yes. We hope to have sire conception rate implemented in the routine dairy evaluation that is released by the CDCB. That would be extraordinarily helpful as we're seeing this transient increase of utilizing beef straws on dairy herds. It would be really great to have that piece of information readily available. So when reviewing specifically table four in your paper, it was talking about looking at the conception rate of a Holstein cow mated to an Angus bull or a Holstein cow mated to a Holstein bull. And I was just really blown away by the fact those conception rates are equal, right? And, and I hear everybody talking about how they expect to have increased fertility with your beef bull breedings over that of your Holstein bulls. So let's start with that conception rate of cows. So for cow conception rate, we saw that average of 34.3% when mated to a dairy bull and an average of 33.8% when mated to a beef bull. So the cow's conception rate differed only by about half a percentage, depending on if she were mated to a beef bull or dairy bull. And then now let's also look at heifer conception rate, similar um, story, see an average of 55% when mated to a dairy bull and an average of 53% when mated to a beef bull, so that difference of just over two percentage points. What we found interesting about that is that insemination records with cows mated to beef bulls had a higher average service number or the higher mm. average insemination number. So this leads us to believe 
the our problem cows. Yeah, got it. Yeah, <laughs> and that ding dang heifer that won't ever settle. We're going to throw a straw Angus semen at her and see if she'll settle. Then I see. So it's confounded by service numbers. So that that makes perfect sense. Very good, and definitely explains because I, you know, I just in talking to guys. That seems to be the go-to reason to grab a beef straw of semen out of the tank. Mm -hmm. It's just to make sure that, that that problem cow is able to go ahead and get settled. So uh, thank you for clearing that up. How frequently do dairymen utilize uh, beef semen on their herd multiple services, consecutive services? So... Given more time, we are very interested in seeing how sire conception rate compares for, let's say, cows in just first service, in just a second service, in just a third service, and so on separately. We haven't done that yet, but that's definitely something we'd be curious to see. Future research. Very good. Yes, yes because that would identify those, those guys that are using beef as a strategy for their problem breeders or mm -hmm. distill it out for those that are using it for genetic progress or for a seasonal effect of their seasonally calving herd. So there's really, in my mind, three major pots of why dairymen utilize beef semen on their, on their herd. And it really would be interesting to explore different breeding numbers. Yeah. Great. Well, okay. So one question that I ask every researcher that participates in the Dairy Science Digest is, what do you want dairymen with boots on the ground to know about your research project? I believe um, this research can help dairymen in a number of ways, but the top three that come to mind are, one, reducing unwanted surplus male dairy calves, uh, two, increasing profit, and three, increasing genetic gain. And I'd love to give an example of a herd with just, let's say, 100 dairy cows. Traditionally, all 100 would be mated to a dairy bull. And then we expect 50 calves to be males, 50 calves to be females, give or take a few. These male dairy calves don't have a place in the industry. So producers make very little money off these male calves. of selling male dairy calves for $20 or even losing money on them. And it also raises that welfare issue of how to handle them without losing money. So let's go to another scenario. Let's restart with our herd of 100 dairy cows. What if we chose the best, say, 40 genetically superior cows to mate to superior dairy bulls? Now we expect those 40 superior cows to produce 20 replacement heifers, 20 male dairy calves, and that leaves 60 cows that we can mate to beef bulls. So our resulting a next generation of offspring is 20 replacement heifers, 60 dairy beef calves, male or female, that can be sold for a profit, and only 20 male surplus calves. And this scenario can be improved even further with the use of sex semen, but by implementing the use of beef semen in this second scenario, we reduce the surplus male dairy calves, increase profit, and by mating only the top females to the top dairy bulls of your choice, you're also able to increase the genetic gain with replacement heifers. Yes, definitely advancing the progress of your herd. Maybe could you expand a little bit on your materials and methods as far as how you selected what cows would be contributing to your data set? Absolutely. Now, any um, criteria that we set in place was really just to remove 
the abnormal scenarios or anything that would skew our data to be unrealistic. So we started when we had all our inseminations mixed with our beef bowls. So now we know all these inseminations are sired by beef bowls. We started, we keep the most recent four years of data. And then if there's herds that have less than 80% of matings with artificial insemination, we remove them. And we also remove conception rates less than 10% or greater than 90% because if, with a herd with those conception rates, we wonder if they're only reporting successful breathings mm. or having some other outliers. So when we looked at the cows, we included cows from lactation one through five. We allowed a maximum of seven conventional semen breedings. And then all breeds of dairy cows were required to have a minimum um, milk yield of at least 10,000 pounds. And we did this to mainly eliminate lactations that had injury, health, or any other unrecorded problems. That could certainly confound reproductive success. Sure. Correct. That added up to be 200,000 inseminations in your database. I think the exact number was 268,174 inseminations. That's a lot of data. Okay, so you just described how you selected the cows for your database. Could you tell us a little bit how you decided what sires to analyze? Absolutely. So as I mentioned, I received a list of 5,000 beef bull IDs from the National Association of Animal Breeders. And I cross-referenced that with the cow and heifer insemination records. Now the 5,000 beef bull IDs that I received, um, already half of them were Angus IDs. So I could speculate and say it makes sense that Angus semen is predominantly used on dairy cows, as we know a black calf will be worth more money given the certified Angus beef program. However, because we started with such a limited number of beef bull IDs that were already predominantly Angus, I can't say for certain that this is the case for all of the U.S. So the next step is to actually broaden this evaluation we've done. We're expecting 32,000 more beef bull IDs that we can cross-reference with the cow and heifer insemination records. And hopefully this will give us a good idea of the big picture of beef on dairy again. You know, I think there are many more beef on dairy and insemination records out there that we can research. We just need to have the bull IDs to cross-reference and as well as the service sire IDs to be properly recorded. It would be really fascinating to track these calves after they're born and determine which sire would then create the best, most desirable carcass. You know, maybe have a steer feed out contest of sorts among dairymen that are currently utilizing this as a, a way to advance their herd. If there's any guys out there that are listening that might might be interested in participating in that, let's let's put it together. Let's find a feed yard that would be committed to a pot of dairy beef cross and let's make it happen. Well, Taylor, this has been very informative. I want to thank you so much for your time. And to you listeners, I applaud you for taking time out of your day today to learn about how you can integrate beef semen into your breeding program. This has been the fifth edition of the Dairy Science Digest, a monthly podcast designed to bring Journal of Dairy Science straight to your ears. We highlight peer-reviewed research articles that are currently in press. This is sound science to base your management decisions on. 
and this project has been provided to you by your University of Missouri Dairy Team. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to get future editions straight to your cell phone. This is Reagan Bluell with the Dairy Science Digest. Have a great day.